I think they're fireworks. There appears to be some sort of explosion going on. I just saw like a big flash. Somebody says fire, not the last of their solstice fireworks. <laughs> Merry solstice, y'all. It's the third day of summer. Previously on Watch and Talk. Why isn't it a root canal? Yeah, that I don't understand. This bothers me so much. According to the West Wing wiki, it is true. However, they source this episode. I made a note that he is manspreading like crazy here. Yeah, you can grip a turnip. Okay, okay I'm turning everyone yeah, you turn up. Turn me up a little bit. More? Turn me up a little bit more. Oh my god, That's perfect. All right. Hello, and welcome to episode 16 of Watch and Talk. This episode is called 20 Hours in LA. That's like too many hours in LA, am I right, fellas? That's almost a whole day. There's a previously on by Leo first, and I'm already super stoked for this episode just from the previously on. It's got oh Charzo in it. This is a great previously on. You're like, yeah, you're Charzo shipping. Joey Lucas shipping. Joey Lucas shipping. So I had one question from that. Hmm. If Joey Lucas and Zoe started dating. Zoe Lucas. Is it Zoe Lucas or Joey Bartlett? Mm. <laughs> they both work. Joey. Chose it. No. <laughs> Joe, you can do no Charlie's not in this. Oh. Zojo. <laughs> Sorry, Charlie. Oh, I like Zojo. <laughs> Zojo. Jozo. Jay-Z and Chozo. Joza. Charzo. <laughs> Jay-Z. <laughs> Casey and Jojo. Is what I think. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. So in the episode, it starts with Leo and the president in the motorcade. They're driving to the airport, and they set up a bunch of plot lines at the beginning. There's three of them I caught there. The VP has to break a tie on an ethanol vote. Zoe has a new Secret Service agent, and there's this L.A. trip slot with a fundraiser that's the main part of it that they've been building up since episode three, I think? Really? Way back when. Really? There was a really subtle reference in like one of the like the gun voting episode. Yes, yeah, yeah. The and I, I I laid a marker down for it of like this is a thing that's going to happen, but they've been planning uh, they've been planning this for six months oh, now. Oh, specifically the California trip. Yeah. Okay. Not just the they didn't mention the fundraiser, right? I think they did, but huh. I'm not sure. Um, but at least the California trip has been something that the show has been extremely subtly teasing for were forever. They, were they like Mandy's not coming? <laughs> they mentioned her name. Yeah, for, did they really? A, for when? a split second. Oh, we'll yeah. get to it. Yeah. Um, wow. So there's yeah. uh, one bit of a uh, Leo and President banter here that's pretty funny. You're not going to sleep on the plane. You're going to be running around all day, and you got the fundraiser to do at night. I want to come home after the fundraiser. That's a full day and night. Plus round trip DC to Los Angeles in 24 hours. It's really no good for you. It'll be fine. Be that way. Your impersonation of my mother is getting sharper and sharper. You know that? Uh, that, that was kind of funny. Um, and there like, was Mom, yeah, stop right. following me. And there's also a little bit of Ron Butterfield in the scene for a split second. We see, it was always a, a good sight to see. They get to the airport. Charlie and CJ are outside. But everybody's really going, except for Mandy and Leo, it seems like. And later we learned Margaret, who was kind of mad about it. But yeah, That's not cool. Leo. President's really excited for the plane trip as uh, he was with the Swiss trip last week. It's going to be great. We're going to race the sun to the Pacific Horizon. Josh and Toby have a little plot line they set up too where they're worried about a meeting with this guy, Al Kiefer, 
which I could not figure out how to spell. Is that like the drink, the yogurt, right? Oh, K- is that, yeah. Like, is that like the yogurt or the racial epithet? Well, I I think it's mm-hmm. like what? Mm-hmm. Come again? No. How do you pronounce? <laughs> how do you spell Kiefer Sutherland? K e e f e r. I think it's like the drinkable K- yogurt. Kefir is too. He looks like a bottle of yogurt. He looks like a drinkable yogurt. His voice is like a bottle of yogurt. That's a tall drink of yogurt. He's tall. And then. The where they go to the credits is the president picking up the phone and he says, "Do you want to see the best part of my job?" And then he says, "I'm on the plane, ready to go." And they start firing up the engines. It seems like the worst part of the job. He's like, it's "Not that exciting." Yeah. Oh, check this out. Credits roll. But I gotta call bullshit a little bit because he said talking to those kids was the best part of the job on yeah, Christmas. That was definitely bullshit. And now he's contradicting kids. himself. Well, I think kids. he said that at first, and then by the end, he was like, I'd rather go talk to the other kids. JK, JK. <laughs> I'd rather go make an airplane's engine turn yeah. on. Uh, and then they have the credits. So a lot of setup in the pre-roll, but nothing nothing super exciting yet. Then they spend the first decent part of the episode in the Air Force One cabin. It starts with a quick scene of CJ and Donna comparing facial creams with each other. I brought the SPF 15 and the SPF 30. Have you tried the Lancome High Protection Sunstick for face and lips? No, did you bring it? Plus the Elizabeth Arden Modern Skin Care Daily Moisturizer. Yes, this is a theme throughout the episode. Alabaster it, skin. Yeah, yes. alabaster skin. I, yeah. I, I don't. I, I wanted to ask about why she talks about her alabaster skin. I also have alabaster skin. Okay, so I guess we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there eventually. There's a thing with this guy Cameron, who apparently is like kind of like a wing nutty kind of guy, who's introducing a bill to ban gays in the military. They mostly laugh it off, but this guy Ted Marcus, who is who who is hosting the fundraiser, isn't gonna like it, so they're a little worried. And that's gonna be a thing for the rest of the episode. Oh, he's not gonna like it at all. Really not. No. And then there's Zoe there's so there's all this explanation of Zoe and Charlie in the pre roll, and it's all for this one little scene of them together where Zoe's kind of got Charlie a little bit whipped, I think. Yeah. Listen, I don't know if I'm going to be able to be as attentive on this trip as you'd like. No, it's okay. You're working. Well, I've been trying to listen to some of the many lessons you've been giving me on how to be a better boyfriend. When I saw this scene, I was like, I can't imagine Charlie is a bad boyfriend because he's so great. But and even the best boyfriend could be better. He's so busy, though. That's yeah, what... he's working so much. He brings his work home with them. Yeah, but like, girl, don't date your your president's like guy if you <laughs> but he's got such a nice body man <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's his title it's true though <laughs> the next scene is the president's office on air force one does that office have a name it didn't have a shape that was anything distinctive like the oblong office yeah the rectangle office most of them are that though and then <laughs> we have Ron for a split second again, and then the they regular introduce... shaped office, <laughs> the standard office arrangement. Yeah, there's this new Secret Service agent who the president's interviewing. She's very young because she has to blend in in Zoe's college. Have you seen these agents? I've seen them. They got the hair and the backpacks and the clothes. She's got the backpack and the hair. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just like a young person. Hey, fellow kids. <laughs> All that hair. I don't understand that. I feel that, like also people had like weird short haircuts in the 90s. No, they had the Rachel. Yeah. That's not like a lot of hair. Yeah. It's bangy. Yeah. <laughs> they got the bangy hair. <laughs> yeah. By the way, being on Air Force One really restricts the ability to do walk and talks. Yeah. 
It's a lot of sit and talk. They're all just normal talks. Mm-hmm. President interviews this lady about some stuff. He's like, where did you go to school? What is your degree in? How long have you been in the Secret Service? And then he he makes a big deal out of like, I just want you to be cool, though. Don't like harsh Zoe's vibe at all. Like she's going to skip class or whatever. But then he's like, you need to murder somebody if, if it comes down to it. Are you cool to do that? I know what I'm looking for in a crowd, if that's what you're asking me, sir. It is. Yes, sir. Will you kill a bitch? I, mean, I guess it's a Secret Service agent. It's kind of what they got to do. Is so it, that's really all he's worried about. It's in the job description. Yeah. Well, I, I thought that I never noticed like one of the subtleties of the interaction is where he's like, haha, I guess you're like the first person to sign up for this because you're so you know enthusiastic. And she's like, yeah. yes. And he's like, Ugh. yeah, <laughs> that's actually. Yeah, that's definitely a turn off. <laughs> they just that. took like the first person that showed up. Well, no, I think it was that she's the only person who applied for this. Was it, well, she yeah. said she has been training for this for 18 months. Yeah, because she was the. She said she was the first person. Really? To yeah. sign up. I think anybody would want to be on the first yeah. family's detail. I guess Maybe. all the secret services, but yeah, that seems like a normal thing to I don't know. Those guys do some pretty fun stuff in Texas and Columbia. I've been reading <laughs> in the newspapers. Yeah, she could be on the, the hooker gambling tour. Yeah. Yeah. But like you think people are like excited to like give their lives like literally? If you're going to be in the secret to... service, I think being on one of the family's details is one of the showier parts. Like you want to be on Eagle's detail first. I want a desk job in the secret, secret service. service. Does, does those exist? But no, it's also sort of a thing you transition from like a, a branch of the military into. I think they said she was army, right? She said that. She said she had a criminology degree, maybe law I'm enforcement, just something. Imagining. I just she don't want to be shot. Oh, that's right. That's what it was. That's how she got into the army. She says army, and then he's like, how did you get there? And then she says ROTC. I really like the way the president tests her a little in this conversation. He does he does a couple things where he jokes and like makes sure that she's going to give like a real response. Where? University of Virginia. You're a mountaineer. That's West Virginia, Mr. President. I'm a cavalier. Yeah. Just to see that she will correct yes, him on exactly. it. Exactly. I love that. That's such a good Because he obviously moment. would know that. It's like the exact kind of thing <laughs> that Bartley would know is like state school mascots. Yeah. Because he's such like a college sports nuts and yeah, stuff he, like that. He wants to make sure she's assertive enough to like correct the president. Right. And he does that again on the way out when he's like, don't tell me if she skips class. And then on the way out, he's like, I want you to tell me if she skips class. And she's like, no, sir, Mr. President. She goes, no deal. No deal. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that was a pretty good scene. A lot of character building and just a really short scene. Yeah, we get to see some president dad. Yeah. And uh, some Dotus. Commander in chief dad mm-hmm. a little bit too, which we haven't had in a little while. And then they cut back down to the the West Wing and we have a very, very quick Ed and Larry scene. They're prepping Leo on the ethanol vote. Just some talking points about it. There's a CJ press conference on on the plane, which is kind of interesting. She has to wake up all the reporters. She's the best flight attendant. Why? Because she just gives you information instead of snacks. <laughs> oh, she. I think she does like a, a great little weather speech and everything at the end. Welcome to Los Angeles, where the local time is 5:40 a.m. and the temperatures, ooh, a balmy 73 degrees. Yeah, and then. Yeah, she goes over like the itinerary. The main highlight, though, is there's two things. There's a the fundraiser that everybody's excited about, and then there's a forum on the flag burning amendment, which is supposedly a big issue in this world. 
And uh, we'll get to that later, but th- this is the first time they mentioned that, and that kind of shocked me a little. <laughs> I was like, flag burning, is that a is that a thing people care about? There, there was like a big thing about that. I, yeah, I, I can't remember that, exactly when, but I forgot. I probably was right around this time. <laughs> I was guess. a big push to do that, and, and there was all this First Amendment stuff, and yeah. And after that, they get to the hotel. It's, it's they show the hallway. With Josh and Donna are walking down. They make a thing about how Josh can't work hotel doors, which is a slow, some subtle spoiler for season seven that. There's another scene where with a callback to that. That's like a really like poignant scene of Josh not being able to work. <laughs> a, a poignant yeah, not not swiping scene. Yeah, it's cute. Okay. There's like a misconnection thing, and he's trying to like hide by getting into his hotel room, and he can't do it because <laughs> he can't work the hotel room door. Oh, we remember. He still hasn't learned. Donna starts going over the calls that Josh has pending that came in while he was on the plane or whatever. There are messages for you at the desk. Dave Levy. Later. Are you sure this isn't for your room? It's for your room. Mandy. Later. He is not interested. So I think this is officially Mandy written out of the show at this point. Basically, they don't bring her on the trips. They don't return her calls. And then the call that Josh gets really into is the Joey Lucas call. And there's really? a bit there's a bit of back and forth with Donna. Like Donna says he should call her, kind of egging him on a little bit. Like, and you think maybe Donna's like a little jealous? Oh, totally. Because when Josh says he is gonna call her, she's like, "I'm just saying, call her or stop bugging me." Let's call her. Really? Yeah. Let's do it. Call her, and then we'll do everybody else. I have alabaster skin, you know. I'm just saying. I have alabaster skin, you know. <laughs> that's the alabaster skin. Yes, You're that's right. why she says that. Is that a desirable thing? Is I mean, pale desirable. That depends. I think that's that's a leading question. Why? Because it gets into issues of race. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's a loaded question. I mean, right? Yeah. Oh, but, I just want to interject, just because I found it on my phone, that. Uh, Congress actually passed in 1968 a law banning flag burning in response to a lot of flag burning that was going on to demonstrate against the Vietnam War. And this comes into play later on where a certain someone quotes the opinion overturning that law that was written by Justice Brennan. Oh, interesting. Nice. Donna gives away that she's a little jealous of Joey here. But but she's also... Kind of yeah, like egging him on. Yeah, I she was more encouraging. Yeah, than I think there's some sort of mix. Like, it does seem like she's sort of jealous, but also she wants to watch. <laughs> well, she's also like very annoyed by Josh. Yeah, she's just like, do it. Like, stop talking about it. This she's so annoying. annoyed that she starts quoting um, old Victorian poems. Gather ye grip rosebuds. on them rosebuds. Yeah. Or yeah, grip on them rosebuds. More accurately put. Which I looked that up, and that's an old poem. So they're all set to call Joey, but then they can't because Ted Mark is called and he is mad about the gays in the military bill. So Josh has to get, rush over to his uh, mansion of a house that's really nice looking. It's a guy, he doesn't look like a Ted Marcus. No? Mm. Mm-mm. What about a Theodore? A Thad a Marcus. Theo. A Thad Marcus. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Ted Marcus is played by... Uh, star of 
screen and stage Bob Balaban, who is in... Who you a, may know from everything. Yeah, he's in everything. I did not know that was his name, but I do know he's in everything. I could not name a single thing he was in until I looked it up, but... Uh, and the answer was everything. He's everything. known for having a tiny assertive face. He's a little man. <laughs> he has such a tiny face. He's in uh, a lot of Wes Anderson stuff. Um, oh, he is. But he, I also... There was a an era in the 90s of which this is the cap of where he was typecast as a studio executive <laughs> so in the late shift which is the movie about like the letterman leno wars he plays the president of nbc right and he was the president of nbc on seinfeld different named character but the same role basically and then he plays the president of a studio in the west wing <laughs> huh. all, all in the 90s that's funny because i don't think that he like looks like a head of a studio like i just didn't he's kind of intense Oh. Yeah. You think he looked like a Ted Marcus? No. Yeah, I know. I was right. <laughs> yeah. Thank I you. did like that they dyed what hair he did have on his head blonde. Like they bleached his hair. <laughs> yeah. Or, at what point orange-ish. do you just not have to b- b- bother with the dye? Yeah, I guess it depends on the sort of the calibration of the screen you're watching it on. But <laughs> it looked very like yellowy white. <laughs> he threatens to cancel this party if the president won't come out against this bill or threaten to veto it. You're worried about nothing. We'll see you later. The president's looking forward to it. Excellent. Fellas, you can pack it up. The party's off. Ted. Josh, he plays a really hard ball with Josh. Like, he kind of scares Josh a little bit. He makes him apologize and then still threatens to cancel the party. Uh, to be fair, Josh is kind of a dick to him. Yeah, Josh beginning. thinks he can pull his, like, junior congressional staffer well, move with him but even before that like just when he shows up at this guy's house he's like oh yeah like nice house like i guess you know being a movie studio head is like a sweet gig if you can get it like right. he's just being like a sardonic prick and this guy is like i'm serious about this stuff i'm yeah. hosting a fundraiser for the president i care about politics and they're raising like three billion dollars no that that's, can't be right he said no no he said two point two five million or something. I thought like it that? was two point five million. A, okay, maybe. Which is a lot of money, especially back then. And nowadays, you know, that's a big fundraiser. Still, it's a really big. Well, it's fifty thousand dollars a head for this or fundraiser. per couple. CJ says, yeah. It was per couple. Yeah. It's only twenty five thousand. Yeah, CJ says that the press will have to pay fifty thousand a couple to see the good stuff. Otherwise, <laughs> they're in the roped off area. Man, president's such a cheap date. You think a cheap date is $25,000 a person? Well, nowadays, that's nothing. I read a story that the a Trump fundraiser dinner in New York was only $500. <laughs> I was like, I'm kind of tempted to like go and like serendipitously record that. He's going for those small dollar donors. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, uh, he's a billionaire, so he doesn't need your money. <laughs> but that wouldn't even get you like into a Clinton rally. <laughs> yeah. They go back and forth a lot between the White House and the the main staff. And so they go back to Leo, who's holding it down there. He has a meeting with the VP. He basically tells him, like, you have to vote on this ethanol tax credit. And then the VP really doesn't want to because he's... Apparently, like, staked his whole political fortune against this one bill or... Yeah, it's been an issue he's campaigned on and been vocal about for years. So what is it, then, about this credit that's sort of bogus? They don't really like say it. So ethanol is a corn byproduct. Right. And we grow a lot of corn in this country. Right. 
And for a time, there was an attempt to use ethanol, which is derived from corn, as a fuel source. But it is very inefficient. It's so-called biofuel. Right. But it basically costs more to make it than than it does in in fuel efficiency, right? Like you spend a gallon of gas to make three quarters of a gallon of ethanol. Yeah. Mm. It's dumb. So you might as well just... Use but, the gas in the car in the first right. place. It's good for corn growers. Oh, so it's sort of like a like a, a subs- subsidy so, yeah, for yeah. farmers. The government okay. gives them a bunch of money to make it marketable, but we're basically just taking what would otherwise be like a like a losing business model and just paying them enough money to make it a winning business model. And yeah, all I the taxpayers Ed, are doing that. Ed and Larry say it's sixteen thousand jobs and like a couple hundred million dollars into the economy or something like that and that like a very targeted area and of course iowa has like an outsized influence because of their presidential campaigns that like they're the first first to go first to vote the reason they are doing this is because of political reasons not because right the president's ostensibly for ethanol and it was a thing in the campaign that hoynes was against ethanol and it cost him iowa and there's such a momentum in primary politics that losing the first contest can very easily lo- lead to losing the second contest. So it, the way they portray it in this is that Hoynes lost the election to Bartlett because of his support of ethanol. And so, now Bartlett's like, you have to vote yeah. to make ethanol subsidies. So basically the that they would even ask him or it seems like try to force him to well, do it's this. Well, 50-50 Pretty tie. dick move. Yeah, totally. Super dick. Super dick. Yeah. I was, you know, I was happy that the president was so quickly able to just decide to scrap the plan, do something else. Do you know what's kind of funny about this? Like, I think I've seen this show so many times that I take Hoynes for granted. Like, that's Hoynes. But I kind of feel like the actor that plays Hoynes really could go in a lot of, in like a more sympathetic direction. Like, he always is so kind of like... Uh, like he's never really vulnerable like even when he's playing a scene where he's sort of being victimized by the political situation he's in he's always just like Ugh, like ah very like sort of complainy and i feel like that could have been played in a in a way that made points more likable as a character yeah sure actually i think bradley whitford did exactly that in the lbj hbo thing where he plays hubert uh, humphrey yes I, well what's and funny, he, he makes him like go against his beliefs in a lot of ways but he he looks like he's tortured over it more versus yeah. getting mad and hoynes oftentimes is written as more liberal than the bartlett administration yeah correct on the issues where they butt heads it's usually yeah. he's like in line with bartlett except he's more liberal on a couple things yeah yeah points <laughs> is pretty good character they don't use him enough but he is well early on he's made as the villain i think i do think in this episode he was he was sympathetic he took the right stance like he but was, you know, you know what it is. I think maybe I'm being unfair to the actor because he's also written as not being like Toby esque in fighting for something because of a principle. He's always like, "This is going to screw me politically." He's only concerned about the political machinations and not the actual policy. Yeah, he explicitly said that in this episode. Yeah, he's like, "When it's my turn," as meaning when it, I'm running for president in six years, it's they're going to nail me with this and make me look like an idiot because I ch- I politically changed my mind because Jed Bartlett told me to. You would think that someone who seems obsessed with just the politics wouldn't have taken that principled stand against ethanol. 
Oh, yeah, good point. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Yeah, so they go back to California after that. It's the flag burning, like, town hall thing. It's a bunch of... Well, the first they have a... No, quick, it's a bunch of... <laughs> you were right. It's a, it's a bunch of something. Well, there's, <laughs> there's actually, like, a quick little aside mm. thing at the beginning of that with Sam and Toby giving Josh some advice on how to deal with Ted Marcus. It's all pretty obvious stuff, but Josh is, like, nodding in agreement as if he hadn't thought of this stuff before. It's like, tell him that it's a bad idea to do this. And then Josh is like, oh, right, I should have done that. Let me go back and try that now. But they offer that they'll give him 10 minutes with the president at the end of the night. So that's going to be, like, the main bargaining chip there. Which I guess wins the day. Yeah, time with the president always done is the most important thing. I mean, the president was going to be in his house all night. He wasn't getting any time. Yeah, he was going to what, three, four million dollars? Yeah, all right, give him 10 minutes. Um, yeah, that was, uh, time with the president was the winning thing and the gun rights thing, too. And the president's like, ugh, 10 minutes, fine. I'll give him the 10 minutes. You know, I used to like parties. Yeah. That's what they bribed, um, what's his face? Chris with? Wick. Well, also Danny. Oh, yeah, with an interview, yeah. Yeah, that's always the trump card. Yeah. What would you do for time with the president? By the way, when Donald Trump is president, it's really going to be the Trump card. What are, what are we doing with him? With, Obama? Um, whatever president. It could be Barbara. I want to play or... basketball with the president. Yeah? That would be fun. Do you think he'd kick With Donald Trump? Yeah, he's pretty good, yeah. Yeah. I'd play basketball with Trump. So That'd be fun. With Hillary Clinton? Stuff that old man. <laughs> <laughs> so you'd want to lose at basketball with Obama? <laughs> I think you have to lose any sports thing with the president right it's kind of really i would i would try to win i would definitely beat the president at all sports <laughs> he's kind of yeah, you, most presidents are sure. old ass men yeah and i'm good at sports young ass man yeah <laughs> so any other what would you do Braden? pogs you play pogs <laughs> it doesn't have to be i'm gonna take a slammer i'm pretty sure that generation plays tiddlywinks <laughs> jacks Pop caps. Mm-hmm. Would Wall everyone ball. play games with the president? I would pay twenty five hundred dollars to play a game of basketball with the president. Twenty five hundred dollars. Yeah, I think like one on one or or would you bring in your, a pickup like, game, but we're guarding each other. Okay. You would. Ha- he'd have to bring in his so like no secretaries of physical no education. <laughs> yeah. But I want some, I want famous. some time now. I want to be able to chat on defense and stuff. Man you, on man, you you're foul, saying. Would you foul the president? Sure. Whoa, hold yeah. on. We're saying man on man. Just give him a yeah. little dick tap. That's that's not allowed. <laughs> that was banned. Thirty five hundred dollars if I can do a dick tap. <laughs> um, Jason, what would you do with the president? Um, it doesn't have to be. Sports. It doesn't have to be a dick tap. <laughs> no, it, it, that comes with it. Okay. Dick tap. You have to dick tap. Yeah. I mean, sauna. Come on. I, I would, I mean, look, it's such a lame answer, but I would totally want to just like hang out and talk to the president, right? Just like, just like girl <laughs> it's talk. only indoor activity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know, like writing our journals together yeah, and stuff. That's but cool. Aside from that, I don't know if I had to do some sort of like competitive sort of thing, it would have to be some, some kind of video game. <laughs> right. Yeah, I guess. Play so. Overwatch with uh, the only, president. Because I don't want to break a sweat. Only thing you would be good at. In general. Yeah. I would like to play like go bowling in the White House bowling alley nice. with the president and drink milkshakes like in there will be blood. And then um <laughs> just so I could say that to the president. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then chase the president down and throw bowling pins at him. 
Yeah, and and then I'll get murdered by the Secret Service, and that will be the end of our play date. <laughs> I would definitely want to like a watch a like a marathon of something in the White House theater. Oh, he yeah. he he watches uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah, I would like that would to. Be fun. We, I didn't finish my play date. No, we're done with that. We're, no, bowling. we moved on. No, but yeah, we're I moving. We're already on. on the next subject. Game of Thrones. Yeah, I'd want to teach the president how to do cartwheels. On the lawn of the White House. Nice. That's pretty good. Which style of lanyard would you do with President <laughs> Hillary Clinton? <laughs> lanyard? Why does, Skip stitch. Why does lanyard have to be with Hillary Clinton? It doesn't. That's just the thing I chose. Wow. <laughs> what flavor pie does would you do? know that you hate women? <laughs> I'd do skip, skip, skip switch or, t- or triple twist. Skip, skip, skip switch. <laughs> that's yeah. a good one. I would do the little ones where you make like a box. A box. It's called a box. A box weave? Yeah. It's just called a box. box no, it's like square, square yeah. alternating. Yeah, that's what the kids are calling it now. Yeah. Square alternating. Yeah, that's what they call it down at the JCC. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I did lanyard. I don't know. Where, did you, where did you guys do lanyard? I did lanyard at a summer camp. Yeah, my, my after not, school camp. In, not the JCC. Okay. It was not a Jewish summer camp. So there's this flag burning town hall thing. Excellent segue. These people have the worst arguments in the world. It's all so terrible. They're basically yeah. like, it hurts my feelings to see a flag burnt. This is not a perfect nation, but to the world, our flag represents that which is right. They basically are have literally idolized the flag to the point where it's like a god. It's more than just a symbol of democracy in the country and whatever. Like they're like, it's it's the Lord. Yeah, it's like they're asking a flag. Are you a god? <laughs> Is that like from something? Yeah, it's from Ghost. It's from this episode. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't recognize that. Ray, when someone asks you if you're a god, you say yes. Hey, we could do a little bit of uh, advertisement. Yes. In theaters, July 13th. This podcast is brought to you by Ghostbusters. Listen to the new song by Good Charlotte or whatever the fuck it is. Are you serious? No, it's uh, the other one. Very Good Charlotte. No, it's the the one that was... Linkin Park? No. Evanescence. No, it's the other pop punk. Um, Evanem, all Blink One Eighty Two, like that. It's one of those. Sad. Green Day. N- nope. Hold on. I'll look um. it up. <laughs> new. Um, brand new. Ghost. Busters. Panic at the Disco. Fallout Boy. Ah, uh, ah, that's the one. It's Fallout Boy and Missy Elliott. No, Missy. It's bad. Can you use your Ticketmaster voucher? It's like a pop punk cover of the old song. Oh, come on. It's really stupid. If you're going to do a reboot. Make a a new song. Make a new song. Are you sure You can't have everything be a reboot. No, I heard it today. It's bad. Okay, but I saw an ad that said, who are you going to text? That's cute. Ghostbusters? Because now Cause like, we have now different we technology. Um, like it's changed. Who are you going to WeChat? Yeah, that'll be the next one. That's the Chinese. I, yeah. I got, I got WeChat. Calling, yeah? Yeah, one of the Chinese girls I was seeing wanted oh. me to get it. All the Chinese girls I was seeing, they're all on the WeChat. Popular. Yeah. And George. 
Do you know I referred to <laughs> someone as being Chinese because they were from China, and someone said to me, "You're not supposed to say that anymore." What are you supposed like to say? And I was like, 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 a, like no, 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 no. Like they, I'm not saying like a Chinese. Is it Sino-American now? Ooh. It, no, but I think this person was misguided. They were in Florida, so okay. I don't think oh, they Oh, definitely knew any misguided. But no, they, it's, it's. I mean, it's Oriental. Right. Well, I was like, <laughs> it's not like I'm saying Oriental, and they were actually from China, so they were Chinese. I got into like a really in-depth conversation about Oriental at work today with an older attorney who told me that. Oriental is like the opposing word to Occidental. Yes. Right? And Occidental's West, Oriental is East. So if that's true, I don't understand what the But we don't use Occidental. I know, but like Isn't there's an Occidental co- college? Yeah. There's, there's a college. I accidentally called someone Oriental. <laughs> <laughs> You're done. Yeah. You're done here. <laughs> so the president looks just super bored in this meeting he he understands how dumb it is and then he gets a pretty good zing in on the way out there is a population of this country that seems to focus a great deal of time and energy on this conversation so much so that i am moved to ask this question is there an epidemic of flag burning going on that i'm not aware of and then he dips out of the room i'm almost positive charlie did not have any real information for him there. <laughs> Charlie comes and knocks on his shoulder and he's like, I gotta go, everybody. <laughs> Anyways, you're all idiots. Yeah. I gotta leave and get some guacamole. Y'all are a piece of shit. <laughs> Peace out. Mm-hmm. So they, they leave to go to lunch. He finds out that Zoe's at some Mexican restaurant where they make... Am I allowed to say that? <laughs> Mexican? Mexican. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was. Okay. Mexican, yeah. to be positive. <laughs> yeah. Um, where anyway. everybody... They make the salsa... They make the guacamole right in front of you at the table. Which I've had before. Millions of times. It's great. It's awesome. Super fresh. <laughs> so I was wondering, like, is this before avocados became, like, the thing? No, there was definitely a time when it was exciting, like as in this episode, to get your guacamole guacked in front of you. It was definitely a thing before it became a thing. I'm amazed they didn't show it. I know. I was well, disappointed. So the in South Florida, this was a thing... Also, but do you uh, remember before it was a thing in ni- in the nineties? It was like exactly, would, yeah. But maybe they don't have it. They didn't have it like on the east coast. Is that when they invented like carts? Yeah, <laughs> like guaca- things out to the table specifically for guacamole. Guaca carts. And then Charlie's like, they can do that at the hotel, and he's like, no, they can't. And he's like, I bet they would do it at the hotel yeah. for you. Well, how much you want to bet, Mr. They will. President? And then he manages to read Toby's mind. We'll see you again. I'm not coming in the car. No, you know why? Because you made fun of the guacamole. I didn't. I can tell you were thinking. Fair enough. Good. You got me, Without boss. even looking, I know that Toby's not excited about the guacamole. <laughs> I'd be excited. If I was told a restaurant, this is really great guacamole at a restaurant. But you had me at guacamole. Yeah, yeah. but Eric, you don't have the like same disposition That's as true. Toby. You're like a more joyful person. <laughs> More guacamole-centric life. Yeah, true. I don't think Toby's like a foodie in any way. (laughs) He's like pastrami, corned beef, that's it. Sometimes like a a salad from the place. Yeah. (laughs) The famous salad. He seems like a tuna milk kind of guy. A tuna milk? Oh, I could see him doing that too. Like if he's feeling feisty, get a tuna (laughs) milk. So they go to the restaurant. Um, Zoe's mad that her dad crashed the authentic LA experience that she was looking for. She wanted to people watch. Although this place, obviously, this is not a people watching restaurant. It doesn't look like... It looked like Chili's or something. It looked like a 
hotel ballroom they rented out and like threw some <laughs> like yeah. Mexican colored uh like tablecloths over <laughs> some things. There's no windows in this room in this restaurant. There's no patio or anything. It was kind of a boring looking restaurant. And also, I think when she says she wants like an LA experience, she just wants to see celebrities, right? Or hot people. Question. Yeah, skinny people. Do they shoot Yo- this yoga show people in LA? Yeah. So they were just like They don't even know what they're like, LA let's just let's just move all the sets. <laughs> right. It's a big empty warehouse. But when they shoot outside the White well, I think house, they schedule that and fly them oh, okay. out. But those are like one shot a week, yeah. maybe. So like two people could take a trip, shoot it with like a second unit thing. Okay. So they're they're doubling up uh this lunch with this meeting with this Al Kiefer guy. The tall drink of yogurt. Yeah. It's it's a pretty funny setup. There's two tables <laughs> in this room and there's all the staff and Al Kiefer around one of them and then Zoe and the president around another. The president just keeps going on about guacamole for the most part. Right there, right in front of me, they made the guacamole. And bothering Zoe. And this guy is talking about the flag burning amendment. And actually, he's got he's kind of got a hot take on it a little bit. <laughs> it's like he's like, you should be for the flag burning amendment. You are looking at this exactly the wrong way. You don't have to play defense. You could lead the charge. You just said we couldn't. No, I didn't. You just said if we were vocal in our opposition to flag burning, we'd take a fail hit. That's right. And I'm saying, don't stay quiet and don't oppose it. Lead the charge the other way. He has some numbers that scare the staff mostly, but they see, they seem a little dubious, but, but they're all a little worried. He does point to the Trump demographic. Truckload of voters, Mr. President, about 47%. Overwhelmingly white men, pool and patio types who voted against you by 20 plus points. They share... And affinity to authority. Yeah. Pool and patio types. But the pool and patio, I mean, he nails the 47%. <laughs> I know that's Romney, but I will, that will number in politics will forever be linked to a certain... Uh, yeah, he, he's talking about the white men who have an affinity for authority. <laughs> that's so disturbing. And the way to show <laughs> your... Uh, an authoritarian is to be against flag burning. Is to ban flag stuff. I feel like it's pretty like authoritarian to be for flag burning. Like, do you remember when you guys had to like, pledge allegiance to the flag? <laughs> yes, I was such a badass. Like, I would sometimes like not even say the god part. Yeah, that's kind of a weird yeah. thing to have kids do. I do every day until sixth grade. It is weird. I, I, yeah, it's like, I mean, do you think like if you just make kids say that, then they'll be like, oh. Okay. We shouldn't make kids do anything like that. But like, what's, I don't get the logic. Like, well, they said the thing a bunch of times. So like now they'll probably do it. They made a promise. That probably worked for a lot of people. They said it. They said it. I think in my school, it was sort of like a way to get, like, it was always in the morning. And so it was like all the kids were really rowdy and talking. And then you have to say this and then everyone's silent. And then it's like, now we'll start the class. That's how they control you. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. The guy, Kiefer, kind of goes a little far and he calls the president a wimp. Or he says, they, he says these voters think you're wimpy. And the president kind of shuts down the meeting after that because he doesn't like being called a wimp in front of Zoe. And then there's this like uh, confrontation between Al Kiefer and 
Toby. He goes, I figure out who you are. And he gives, I'm going to, I'm going to call him Q. Cause he's, he's Q. From okay. Oh, right, right. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, so Q, Q is like, ha ha ha. You're going to say that I'm Satan. And like magically, I know the thing you'll say. Like Toby has the perfect comeback. But for in that. fact, you're the guy who runs into the Seven Eleven to get Satan a pack of cigarettes. I was gonna say a worse thing. You're the guy who goes and gets Satan a bottle of yogurt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you're the guy. A gogurt. Ooh. Satan's a busy guy. He needs the yogurt on the run. I think I think Satan likes froyo. You think you can freeze? There's those go-garts that you put in the fridge or freezer now. That, like, he would love those. Yeah, you could always do that. Or she. <laughs> now we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> so then they leave the restaurant, and as they're going out, there's like a rope line, and there's these two creepy dudes, like Eyeball and Zoe, and new Secret Service agent lady notices them and makes a big deal out of it those guys are future pool and patio types oh, <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah. and they are not subtle they're like like ta- pointing and they're like, like rubbing on each yeah. other yeah mm-hmm. they're like the only angry looking people in a crowd of happy blonde tan people <laughs> which is really dumb like if you have a nefarious intent pretend to blend in right 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 like those Put secret service agents I think this is a cry for help, and someone should help those boys. Yeah. They're just like, we want to be tan like everyone else, but we have alabaster skin and we burn, so we're going to wear black, have buzz cuts, and be angry. Even something like that, though, that's Secret Service perimeter, right? Anybody on like the rope line that the president's going to be walked by had went through a metal detector or something. Yeah, right? you would imagine they'd already gone through kind of a, an observation. This is before nine eleven, guys. So maybe oh, it was true, a, yeah. a little more loosey goosey. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the, <laughs> so that's all, that's all the events for the day, and now we get the uh, the star of the, sh- the episode, which is the big party at Ted Marcus's house, and. They set up an establishing shot of like the back of the house and it looks like a splinter cell level, like a video game level. It's a bunch of guys, guards with like flashlights walking in patterns and like a couple guys have dogs and there's all (laughs) these like crisscrossing patterns. Like I totally, it looks like a stealth game. They have a lot of cool shots of the house. There's like a five piece orchestra playing at the top of the stairs and so many little like cutaways of just massive wings of the house this is a really nice house there's celebrities there great place to have a party fancy people that you know from television notably david hasselhoff the hoff yeah the The hoff who who is acting to be smart well he convincingly (laughs) quotes if there's a bedrock principle underlying the first amendment it's that the government cannot prohibit expression of an idea simply because it's disagreeable justice william brennan Writing for the majority? The Brennan majority opinion, which overturns all the flag Yeah, I, I figured he was talking laws. about flag burning, burning, but they did not make it explicit in that scene. He's yeah, just like, I, oh, it's people exercising their First Amendment rights, and then Donna cuts them off because she just wants to talk about Knight Rider. Well, like, as a hunch, I'm just going to think that the big quote at the top of this Wikipedia article is the quote that he's saying, but play the clip, make sure <laughs> yeah. it's actually accurate, which is that principal function of free speech under our system of government is to invite dispute. It may indeed best serve its high purpose when it induces conditions of unrest, creates dissatisfaction with conditions as they are, or even stirs people to anger. 
Wait, are you saying you don't think that David Hasselhoff has that quote memorized? No, he does because it's William Brennan for the majority. He had to read the line. Well, he said writing for the majority. <laughs> and he looks at them like, you guys don't know this? <laughs> but I will note that... Was the, that uh, for the majority? For the majority. Okay. The subtitles actually say William Bennett. So, huh. so someone who is typing that in doesn't have an encyclopedic knowledge of <laughs> Supreme Court justices throughout history. Wow. Which is sad. So, like, but, if you go back, then this, this guy, like, approaches CJ, right? Is that the first thing that happens at this party? Oh, I have one more Hasselhoff joke. Oh, go for it. <laughs> We're not I'm ready so there. Don, Donna's uh, really not interested in it because she's just a hassle ho. <laughs> she just wants to. That's not nice. She just wants to talk. And then then I have. Does to, your mother know <laughs> that you hate women? Then, then I have that she's a Matt Perry ho, too. Yes. Oh, which is, which is ironic. Right. That's another one because Matt Perry has a role later in this show. Oh, and yay. with with Donna, yes. and she does not recognize him. Oh, <laughs> and she doesn't even she, say you look an awful lot like Matthew Perry. But she is into him. One of the scenes in here is this guy comes up to CJ and Toby. Toby's getting kind of drunk already. I don't think he does well at parties. Yeah, he has like three <laughs> no. fingers of scotch neat in a tumbler. Yeah, he's he's an introvert kind of guy but this guy wants to talk to cj he's like does my money buy me a few minutes and he offers her a development job and they have like a joke about cj not understanding that there's people in the film industry i thought a guy writes a movie and a guy directs a movie sure and in between there are designers and technicians and actors yes so tell me what i do again development what do you mean that there's people that aren't directors i i like, Which, it's kind of like a producer, what he's asking her about. Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah, they never, They're like, development, though. By the way, that's like a really unrealistically crass approach. Like, well, does my money buy some time with you alone? Oh, sure. Like, just say, like, I'm hey, sure I've contributed, you know, that, well, a lot to of crass, the party. Toby and... gets really crass after he says that. Yeah, right. Because he's like, some nylons and some chocolates and she'll right? fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But she's a, a little far. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's another small spoiler. We find out later what? that CJ worked in the ho- la, in la, Hollywood la, la. later. Oh, so she obviously right. would know what this job yeah. is. Yeah. I don't know, but it seems like there's a little quid pro quo kind of government corruption going on. She doesn't know anything about the film industry. They're fine with that. They'll give her a developer job. What's a developer? Don't worry, we got you. Mm. Do you think she's saying that just to get out of the conversation no she's genuinely confused well that guy does a crap job of explaining it he's yeah. terrible she's at... like he's he's like it's in development obviously that's the answer it's like we're gonna pay you money for access duh so she gets out of the conversation by flagging sam down and being like i have a thing with president i have to say and then the guy's like oh of course go president important president um and then we find out that sam got the same offer <laughs> did he offer you a development deal? yes me too do you know what it is no me and equally confused it's like i don't know how this it doesn't sound that complicated works it's like yeah you make shepherd projects no it's sure. you, t- you take the money and they get you make, access to the president that's you, you make a call simple. every once in a while when we ask you to call somebody maybe if you really but want why to. Would, like, um, why would a movie producer or whatever want access to the well, president? Well, it beats, it beats 
donating at fundraisers every year. You just have the guy that you're paying make the call for free. Mm. It's just like any lobby. You know, it's probably like, hey, come, you know, lobby for stronger copyright protection. So then there's a scene uh, with Joey finally shows up in this episode. I love this part. Josh. I know that voice. Because it's Kenny's voice. (laughs) It's such a cute joke. Yeah, so then there's a scene with the three of them talking. And they're more expl- they were kind of antagonistic last time. I mean, they ended on a nice note, but they were mostly like enemies-ish last time. But this time they're they're flirting for sure. Yeah. But it's it would be really hard to flirt through It's got to be somebody. Weird. Yeah. They do and the guy though. dude's good at it. Yeah. I mean, dude's right. got a game. Mm-hmm. You know? And he has such a lovely voice. Oh yeah. Jenny. It's so like Yeah. Oh, he's a great wingman. Feminine. They could have got a lot of laughs by having like a really like Bronxy guy be Joey's <laughs> voice. <laughs> but they didn't go there. But how many people have got the full-time translator gig or interpreter? Well, Joey always sa- said that he was her like uh, assistant. She, she, oh. yeah, she introduces him as assistant, but they, they seem to always be together. Like, do they live together? I mean, well, no, like you know when she's alone he's not well spoiler yeah he popped his head out in a robe later (laughs) 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 yeah i mean how does she does she how does she give direction you know during the intimate act of carnal love well she can speak oh how does she she take direction she can read lips lips. and the language of love (laughs) (laughs) knows no boundaries yeah Okay. Deaf people sex jokes. Oh, <laughs> oh, hilarious. <laughs> so then there's a, a scene with Leo and the vice president outside. This is one of those uh, on location shots we talked about earlier where they just have these two guys on set. Not not a big cast. But uh, Leo does a kind of subtle negotiation-ish thing here where he's really nice. He's like, listen... You're doing the right thing here. I'm your buddy. Everybody's going to be really grateful. And then the VP's like, I really don't want to do this. And he's like, I will destroy you. You won't be on the ticket. You're going to get fired and you will never have a job in politics in your life. Like all of a sudden. This is the thing. It kind of did that last week. Yeah, this is like a Leo move. Yeah. It's like, I'm your buddy. Fuck you. I'm yeah. stab. The president really loves you and he might be sad for two seconds when he fires you. But this is also where Hoynes is like, I think the president of the United States can do pretty much whatever he wants. You're wrong. Which turns out the VP is kind of right here. <laughs> but I, I, mean, I feel like the whole show so far has been like, ah, it turns out the most powerful man in the world is hamstrung constantly by everything. Right. I don't think he engineered the 50-50 to put Hoynes in a spot like Hoynes no, that's considers. A, that's crazy. But because he wants the thing to pass. He would have rather been 51-49. But he can unmake a 50-50 tie really quickly yeah. <laughs> without and, and really thinking about it. And would want Hoynes to be embarrassed? He's not competing with Hoynes. Right. Yeah, he doesn't, unless he, Hoynes thinks that he he thinks he's going to run. Yeah. But the president's going to run one more time, and then he's out of, he's never going to run for anything again. Yeah. There's a little bit of a split there, because like he, he can't make the tie, but he can unmake the tie. So he does have a lot of flexibility and he can get him out of this situation with very little effort. Basically just agreeing to a plan is all he has to do. But um, I did think it was like an interesting kind of plot thread that they don't really focus on later that 
Hoynes is naive about how difficult it is once you're actually in office to like get things done. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, yeah, the, the, he does touch upon this. The president finally, after it seems like he's making a bunch of excuses for a long time, he finally does get to the point like, oh, this is later on. Like, yeah, the bully pulpit. Yeah, it's the next, it's the yeah, next scene. The next it's scene the, like, uh, it's the, there's a conference call with Leo and Sam and the president. Leo's like, you know what? Hoynes is actually right here. Let's, and then Sam agrees. And then they like, okay, let's just cancel the vote or we'll have two guys that we strong-armed vote their conscience and the bill's not going to pass in the first place. So Hoynes doesn't have to vote for this uh, tiebreaker. He's ready to let it drop right away, the president. He's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I don't think he cares that much about ethanol. I think it was just, we're for it, so let's try to get it passed. Um, And then the president has a really great line at the end of that phone call after he hangs up. Craziest damn thing I've ever heard of. (laughs) Which... I don't know what he thinks is crazy about it, that Hoynes is putting up such a stink, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> but something's crazy about it, the president. Um, there's a couple more little funny party scenes. Uh, there's Jay Leno shows up and talks to CJ for a second. There's a bike running into the tree callback. Apparently that was a, a winner on the late night shows. And then there's Josh and Joey. Uh, and Joey finally like meets everybody else, which I, I figured she would have met, but she was there on a Saturday, remember? Oh, right. After Josh's uh, bachelor party week. But I thought everyone was there. Remember Sam was there? It was the death penalty episode, but they were all busy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so Joey meets everybody. She gives them some good news about, like, the polling data on... Kiefer asked the wrong questions. His poll said 80% of the people, when asked if they favored a flag-burning amendment, said yes. He never asked them how much do they care. So it's not really going to change anybody's vote, even though they say they're for it. Uh, Toby gets really excited about that, that he doesn't have to listen to Al Kiefer anymore because he really seems to hate that guy throughout the whole episode. And then they everybody leaves except for Joey and Josh and Kenny. And Joey's like, I, listen, I have to tell you something. I came here with someone. I'm, I'm sorry? I came here with someone. And Josh immediately is like, later. I, I should go. I have to go. Peace out, bitch. Uh, I gotta go. <laughs> he wastes no time. It's the next words out of his mouth. So I was confused about this scene, right? Because she says, next time, like, you call me. Like, she's like, this, you know, this time I called you. Donna took a message. You never called me back. I figured I'd have to, you know, find someone else to, you know, bring to this uh, party. And uh, next time you gotta call me. So it's like she wanted to go to the dance with Josh and then he didn't call her back. And that same day she goes to the dance with Q. I don't think that that she's like next time you call me and we'll be going together. It seems like she's dating this guy and it's like serious. And then she's why just did she trying call? to like maintain her relationship with Josh. She called to just say like hi and to talk to him. She's into like, him though. Oh, for sure. But like it's not it can't happen. Just just keeping him on ice yeah but why would you but then i don't know it just seems like her reaction later yeah maybe it's possible she's been with q for a while the other thing is if she's been with q for a while why throw him under the bus so so hard as a shitty pollster spoiler later josh goes and finds out that it's Kiefer and joey are 
together. She's he's the guy, which super gross on on Joey's part. She can do better. Come yeah. on, Joey. Plus, like the best she thing about Q is his voice. A tall drink of water, not a tall drink of yogurt, <laughs> or a tall drink of anything really. That's like has more like of a liquid consistency. I would drink a big glass of yogurt. Would you? I like that kefir stuff. Yeah. It's too sour for me, but I do like a good mango lassi. Okay. Sure. Yeah. So you would drink a tall glass of yogurt. (laughs) But like, it's not my go-to. I rest my case. Especially if it's like hot outside. Can you imagine drinking a tall glass of yogurt? Nothing like some hot yogurt. Mm Mm-mm. Uh, the next scene is uh, the Ted Marcus and the president one-on-one scene, and it's a pretty intense scene. This guy's the most uh, casual around the president I think we've seen anybody. Yeah, he's like swilling a Merlot glass and lounging. Um, he's very, he's a confident guy mm-hmm. <laughs> compared to everybody else on the show. Um, he wants him to denounce this bill, and then the president says, like, back off, I know what I'm doing. I will never sign a law like that. Well, then why won't you say that? Ted, why won't you say that publicly? Because I know what I'm doing, Ted. Because I live in the world of professional politics, and you live in the world of adolescent tantrums. I thought that this was sort of a good, maybe, callback to the episode with the hate crimes or and with the parents of that like Matthew Shepard type case when they accused the president of not being hard enough on gay rights or like Oh yeah, they specifically enough. mentioned that issue. Yeah, so it's sort of like finally like telling the other half of that story that the president does care. It's just not the right time. I th- I do think it's kind of um he, the president is allowed to win the argument that staying quiet and not elevating the issue is the best strategy. I feel like that's definitely like a night, like a post-Clinton administration way of looking at things. And I don't really know if that's over the long term proven to be the best course of action, right? Like if you stay quiet, you don't encourage people on your side of the issue to organize and fundraise and coalesce. And you only encourage the opposing side to keep pushing and pushing and pushing, having been defeated before I don't know, though. Prominent. On this issue in particular, the evidence bears it out. Like, he's right. Look where we are now. Like, gay marriage is the law of the land. And during the Clinton administration, like, that administration, you know, criminalized it. But I don't think, I don't think you can say that it was correct for them to, like, don't ask, don't tell and slow play it and then allow the Bush administration to use it as a wedge issue to get reelected. I mean, that's in dispute. What if instead the Clinton administration had taken a strong stance in favor and vetoed don't ask don't tell and taken a strong stance in promoting equality in the then military. we might not be where we are today maybe jason and i and i you know honestly i think the the biggest triumphs in lgbt rights have been proactive public interest litigation like the big supreme court case that went up and of opposition to referendum that might never happen well even if the, he had done the thing even the gays in the military thing was an executive order right um yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know why the at the president's really for it. He could have just integrated the military. Yeah, I mean, his whole argument is, no, I don't want to do anything like that because now it's going to create a giant fight and it's better to just, in, pra- in practical day-to-day life, allow tolerance through not discussing the issue than to confront it. 
And that, that is kind of like a weak way of standing up for people's civil liberties. It's, it seems difficult uh, to judge that because it's all like counterfactual stuff that you can't really prove one way or the other. But the president does, obviously he's pissing off a lot of people with his approach to this and he doesn't seem to make it any better. We also learned though that the president's like, Tie tie, like he's really tired. <laughs> That's true. He is cranky in this scene. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and Ted even notices it, points it out. He says, "You look tireder than the last time I saw you." Uh, yeah, and then they have a nice quiet moment. It's it's the most uh, like deconstructed we've seen the president. He's like, "I'm not having a good time," and he's like, "I also am not having a good time." It's like, "Oh, powerful people are lonely." We understand each other. President to president. Yeah, it's the only uh, people that president can like kind of be on the same level with, I guess. It's like high power donor, like somebody else, random staffers and stuff he can't really like confess to. Though I, I, in the end, Bartlett just runs circles around him. Well, sure, he has all the power. He says he like lives in baby politi- baby <laughs> tantrum world or something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a great scene, though. I like that one a lot. After that, there's Josh and Donna. Donna encourages Josh to go talk to Joey Lucas. Like, go knock on her door and say goodbye real quick because you're flying back to D.C. It and- just stands to reason that if she's there with someone, that he will be there. And she said she came with someone. But that could just be a date. You don't know if they sealed the deal. Yeah. Well, you could assume that maybe they might seal the deal. Yeah. It's on that's on the table. But she as was a also coming flirting with wi- him. I mean, you got to be so confident that you just assume they broke up in the intervening hours. Super <laughs> confident. <laughs> what there's a chance, right? Yeah. There's what if she just meant maybe Josh just thought that she meant Kenny? I came here with somebody. It's like, like, well, fuck Kenny anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Hate that guy's voice. Also, doesn't she live in California? Yes, but uh, I think it might be a different part of maybe. I don't know. California's big. A different California. Yeah, I guess it's pretty big. (laughs) Well, it would be a place where there was a longtime Republican congressman, right? Right, because she's running against an incumbent. Yeah. She's running that campaign. Yeah. I don't know if the congressional districts on was california 47th or something yeah they don't really say where she's from but orange county josh goes down to this room uh rings the little like light buzzer thing and then this guy opens it up and he's he's very confident in his bathrobe oh yeah if i open exactly what's going on i mean he's cute he's omnipotent (laughs) he's like his bathroom's open his dick's hanging out (laughs) like hey josh what do you need yeah nice dick by the way (laughs) And then he's like, oh, you're probably looking for, for Joey. Joey looks horrified She mm-hmm. when she sees Josh. She does not want him to see. What does she see in this guy? Uh, I think he's a great actor. He has a, a beautiful, silky voice, but she doesn't really know that. Right. right. But maybe she can see it somehow because he's really The way actor. other people react to his yeah. voice. Yeah. He's tall, I guess. Yeah. Yogurty. Yeah. Curdled. <laughs> Also, we he's know from his turtled. we know mm-hmm. from his role as Q that he's really like an Stop excellent. Stop saying that. Snapper. Nobody knows what that is. That's a. That's a y'all letter, know what I'm talking not about. A, not a character. Oh, y'all know. You're outing pretend. yourself as a, a person that watches like one a of the best fan shows of bad ever. Television. He's really <laughs> confident, I guess. Yeah. But he's like for flag burning. <laughs> no, can, no, he's. I don't think he's for it. I think he's he just thinks it's a winner. He's a bad pollster, and from the data he is getting that is poorly obtained, what I don't he thinks it's the right strategy. Understand is 
during the party, Joey pokes a bunch of holes in the way that he polled this issue yeah. and said that he did it poorly and didn't ask the right questions. And why would she be attracted to someone who's so bad at their job? You know what? Why wouldn't she help him be a better pollster? True. Yeah. What a jerk. You're going to make yourself look like an idiot in front of the president. Let me help you with that. Or just like they're sitting around. It's like, hey, you're pulling on that. Yeah. you pulling on that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, did you measure intensity? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, maybe you should. You probably should have done that. But anyway, so Josh leaves. It's a, a, a sad scene. Josh has a letdown because he thought he was going to have a nice farewell kiss or something with, with Joey. <laughs> and then there's the, the last scene is the president and the vice president on a phone call from Air Force One. My confession is you and I agree on ethanol, but you were the only one to say it. You stood in there even though you knew you were going to lose Iowa and who knows what after that. Anyway... I just wanted to say, you had a good day today, John. Thank you, Mr. President. And the president says, like, John, you were right uh, about the ethanol thing. Uh, you had a good day today. This is a nice little way of coming here. Pillow talk. Pillow talk and pep talk almost a little bit. Well, he, I mean, he goes so far as to say, like, I admired that you were the only candidate in the primaries that, like, had the balls to do the right thing. Yeah, he, he, doesn't uh put his usual like bluster up in front of the vice president that he normally does. He's yeah. like a little human with him this time. Yeah. So then they they hang up the call and he's like I'm going to try to sleep and then he cannot sleep and in my note here I just have like the eyes emoji cuz they just zoom in on the president's eyes and they're wide awake cuz the president can't sleep. And that's the end of the episode. And then the credit scene is the outside of the White House where Leo and the vice president were talking. Which is a pretty good one. That's a they're gonna do a location shot. Use the location. So on that note, headlines. You guys have some headlines. I got some headlines. You guys have I got headlines? a couple headlines here. I got a couple. Mi- minimal this week for me. Okay. Yeah, I got three headlines. I got three as well. All right, that's a good number. Mm-hmm. All right, mine. Mine were all about the uh, the restaurant outing. <laughs> Mine were all about the restaurant outing. Uh-huh. So I've got uh, a guac to remember. <laughs> and then also I got another guac play because the California, I was thinking guac of fame. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I was also thinking because like Democrats and stuff, Mex we can. Nice. You, didn't, you didn't go with guac and talk? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, I didn't. Uh, mine were about, well, two of mine were about the fundraiser uh, that, you know, they're going to talk about these Hollywood types on the in California. So there's California dimming, like dreaming California dimming. Yeah, d- but dimming. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. a little bit of a stretch. And then just left coast. Nice. Really right to the point. It's Breitbart's headline. <laughs> I have a not so great one about the fundraiser. So it was Theodore Mark Marcus. And I wrote Mark dash up and then it's in reference to how expensive the tickets were Ooh, <laughs> for the fundraiser but they were actually quite affordable right but like inflation yeah so. okay <laughs> also you could do for jason q for <laughs> instead of keeper. thank you i also he's a keeper 
Because <laughs> <laughs> he's got those poles. Yeah, you know. he does. <laughs> those yeah. Poles. yeah. I had a flag burning one. Mm-hmm. A flag arson, a burning issue. Nice. Because <laughs> it's, it's happening. It's yeah, happening. Everywhere. Yep. I tried to make one work with like tie-tie because there's a tie in Congress. Where does tie-tie and- come from? And the president he was tie tie. Uh, right. <laughs> he was sleepy. <laughs> but I couldn't but it didn't make work. a real headline yeah. out of it. But I wanted to share the like yeah. thought because I think. Thank you. I like I like the sharing. Thank you. I, th- we're, I think we're stronger when we share. We are with each other. Like sharing sandwiches. No. <laughs> That's crazy. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. We'll get there. Um. That's fi- all I got though. Final thoughts. Final thoughts. Uh, you know, this is a fine episode. I thought it was a little slice of life. Not that much going on. I would say, eh, swing. Okay. Uh, I thought there was a lot going on. I mean, episode. yeah, but also it was kind of boring. They, they didn't. They didn't really get into like a meaty issue, right? So like, no one takes a sensible position on the other side of any of the issues that they're raising. Hundred percent in favor of vetoing this stupid bill. Everyone's totally against the idea of flag burning. No one puts forth an argument in favor of it. The only person who is sort of honored with the 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 role of like speaking genuinely in favor of it is actually Joey, where she does the whole Vox Populi quote. Oh, and right. I like on the one hand the idea of a pollster who genuinely believes that like the word of the people is like what should be paramount in a politician's mind. But what's funny is no one makes the counter argument to her. They kind of let her have the last word. The counter argument to that is, yeah, except when it comes to fundamental rights. That's always how it's been. The majority hates integration and all these other things. And the court says, no, it doesn't matter what the population thinks in the majority because the minority must be protected. What's interesting about that is that in the episode with the execution, Joey said that even though the polls show people are for it, she was against it and thought he shouldn't do it. Yeah. So she kind of has taken a different angle here. Are there any constitutional amendments that are banning individual people from doing stuff? It's almost all limits on the government's power, right? Or inclusive yes. things Th- there is there's no, like the prohibition one but that got sh- knocked down there's nothing overtly in the constitution that prohibits private citizens from doing something but the commerce clause is almost always relied on to give congress the power to do that so anytime there's a law the, the federal government's passing to limit what private citizens do they always come up with a way of shoehorning it into the commerce clause including the civil rights act but a, a explicitly banning burning something would be like unprecedented. I mean, the yeah. Well, the, the other difference, than the, prohibition the difference thing. there is that all, all the states also came up with their own state laws to ban flag burning. It was like forty-eight of the fifty states at that time, in addition to the federal government passing a law. So it was kind of like the the way the Tenth Amendment is interpreted is anything that isn't give isn't a power that is given to the federal government. It just rests with the states or the people, right? So regulating just basic criminal law and basic day-to-day what you can and can't do, the states have carte blanche to do that. So when a state says you can't uh, 
burn a flag, normally that would just be part of their police powers to make whatever laws to prohibit or allow things they want, except when it interferes with any of the enumerated rights in the Bill of Rights, and then, which is, you know, free speech, then it gets overturned. Right. So I'm going to, this is not a best wing, but it's no, pre- it's not. It's pretty fun. It's got a lot of new sets and stuff. Um, <laughs> I, I, they get, I like it when they get out of the, the White House a little bit. So there's there's a lot of that fun stuff. I thought the party scene was pretty great all around. Just the the staff having to interact with people that think they're like the shit is always funny because they don't respond to that well. They they get really flustered and <laughs> don't like being the center of attention. There's the David Hasselhoff and Jay Leno cameo. Which they were are, both fine. Yeah, very, very nicely done. Very fine. Um, a little cross promotion for NBC on at least was this? Did David Hasselhoff have an NBC show at the time? Maybe. I probably Baywatch, right? No, that was syndicated, that was wasn't it? Long over. It was Fox by then? But... Are you sure? There were like ten seasons of that show. <laughs> what about Baywatch Nights? Yeah, um, right. What about Baywatch the College Years? Was he in <laughs> Day Rider? The community college right. years. Okay. I was confusing Viper with Night Rider. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought this was like non eh, but I was really entertained. It was fun. We watched this sort of last night while we were going to sleep and I was like excited because I like this episode a lot. It's just it kind of has all the like charming things you like about every single cast member. But there were No? No, sorry, I didn't want to interrupt you. No, but you, you did. I did. I actually did. You did. Yeah, you did. Yeah. No, it's just like it's mm. like mm. there's no big laugh. <laughs> that was Brayden, not me. There's no big laugh. There's no satisfying like issue based uppercut. There's no, you know what I mean. Like it's a little bit of everything, but it's not one particular thing. It's great. It's funny though. There's like a lot of funny moments in it, and it's yeah. cute, and I don't know. It's just sort of like when this episode came on and I realized which one it was, I was just, it felt like I was seeing old friends. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it had a nice, nice comforting feeling. Well, I always it. like seeing Air Force One. Yeah. I like Air, any Air Force. And great I like in this. sort of, <laughs> she's great. I like the. Well, this is actually first inside of Air Force One. Is we, it? Yeah, really? Because the last time they just showed it was just the outside. He was coming oh. off. He was coming oh, back right. from the Swiss trip. Uh, yeah. So whole whole new set gets yeah. debuted in this episode. He was really tired then too. There's something about it's like Air Force One is the president's kryptonite. Air, plane rides are sleepy inducing. Yeah. yeah, they're like traveling is tiring. Tie tie, yeah. Tie tie um, inducing. I like the oh. sort of like lull of Air Force One. I feel like there's a white noise in the background of it. Probably they do a lot of people. white noise. Like there's always like phones ringing in the yeah, which yeah. Is West Wing and stuff. That's nice. a page right out of Star Trek. Oh my god! <laughs> Nothing's good about Star Trek. This you can see the most Star Trekiest. Nothing's wing. good about Star Trek. <laughs> that show has a robot with a dick. <laughs>